You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 18, How to Not Repeat Yourself. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And this is Season 3, Episode 18, How to Not Repeat Yourself. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. <laughs> and this is <laughs> oh, Season boy. 3. All right, all right, all right, all right. How to Not Repeat Yourself. Um, last, no, it was two episodes ago now because um, we... It was two episodes ago yes. now. Um, how to Not Repeat Yourself. Okay, this is getting terrible. <laughs> um, we, as, as a writer, I often run into this problem. Um, I will sit down and start writing a book and realize the themes that were important to me in a book I'd written before are still surprisingly important to me. And so I start writing a book covering those same themes. Or the type of character that made a certain, the type of attributes that made a certain character fascinating to me in a book are still fascinating to me. And so lo and behold, that same character pops out again. How do you avoid this? Help. <laughs> John. John. Hi, I'm John. And oh, yeah. I did not repeat myself. By the way, we have John Brown again. Yay! <laughs> Didn't we have him on before? This yes. seems a little repetitive. Oh. It is. Um, buy his book, uh, Servant of a Dark God, coming right. out from tour in October sometime. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it from a problem perspective. I know I used to go out and look for new authors, and I would read, and I would see this exact same thing. I would read three or four books, and then I would say, you know what? I'm reading the same thing over and over again. On the yeah. other hand, if you look at uh, something like Burn Notice or Lost, you're experiencing a lot of times the same thing over and over again. And so um, I think there is some some continuity that's going to be there. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I looked at Brandon's books. I just went through them very quickly again. Uh, and I noticed a lot of similarities. Yeah. But when I was writing, when I was reading them, I didn't mind them because he had introduced enough new stuff. And I think for me, that's what I try to do is I try to stuff. If I see something, I'm going to cut it and try something new. But I'll also just try to stuff new things in if I'm really, if I'm really just loving that theme that I already wrote about. Mm -hmm. This is a huge risk for me because if I start repeating myself, it's because I'm telling the same joke. Right. And I mean, I've, 
there's what, 3,300 days of schlock mercenary, 3,300 punchlines, and I need to not repeat them. Uh -huh. um, but it, it gets bigger than that, though, because number one, well, part of it, the way you're doing it as you're going, um, I could see you running into a lot of danger where you realize, hey, wait a minute, I did this exact same character arc with this yep. exact same character three years ago yep. when they were, and how do you avoid that? Can you avoid that? Um, what do you do? Uh, I, the, <laughs> the way I start is I try and think, all right, for this story, what haven't I done? Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to retread some ground, you know, if I'm mm -hmm. going to go back and do something that I know I've done before, um, I want to I wanna have another take on it. I want to have a different outcome. I want to have different characters involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the danger that I find myself falling into is uh, reuse of words. Okay. Uh, Punchlines, and it's happened to me three times in the last week where I've been writing something and I thought, that seems really familiar. Mm. That seems really familiar. Right. And I will then Google uh, my own website and find out, oh, yes, that's familiar because I wrote that punchline for that strip. And what I did in that case is I said, oh, uh, it was actually the, uh, is the punchline that just aired. Uh, putting all your eggs in one basket, you might as well use an exploding basket. I thought, you know what, that's a powerful metaphor. Uh, this character would have remembered somebody having used that metaphor and would refer to it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than joking about the exploding okay. basket, he's, he's taking it a step further. Okay. But catching myself, yeah. that's, that was a job for well, well, let, let me. Let me point out something Howard said here, which I think is important, and then we'll get into to other aspects of it. But um, you are suggesting hang a lantern on it. Um, I don't think we've used this term before we in writing pieces. Hang a lantern, it, it's a screenwriting term, which um, is one way to deal with a potential ah. problem in a script. Um, if there is a continuity problem or readers or listeners are going to, viewers are going to say, wow, that really stands out. One way to deal with it is to point out that you know that it stands out by doing what they call hang a lantern on it. Have one of the characters mention it, in other words. Or, I've used this joke yeah. before, have the characters mention. Remember that joke. Suddenly you can use the joke again because readers will allow you to do it. Um, and I do this. In fact, um, when I was, was approaching how I wanted to do my writing, I realized there were some themes I wanted to look at again and again. And I thought, there's no way I can I can publish all these books dealing with the same concept from different sides. And then I thought for a while and said, well, yes, I can if I make it a theme. If I say, yeah. I am going to do, um, for me, it's the, it's the, the city of the gods. Um, if you follow all the backstory, the behind the scenes of Brandon's books, you will find that there's a reason why this theme keeps popping up in my books. Yeah. And it is something that the characters are approaching from different directions. It becomes intentional because I sat down and said, I want to do this. Let's see if I can make it all work out connected together. And then it becomes something cool instead of something accidental. Well, one of the other things that you do, uh, and, and uh, John kind of already mentioned this, is just adding in lots of extra stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you talk about gods and, you know, deification is a major theme. I don't right. think I've read a book from you that doesn't have a character turning into a god by the end. But that is... You know, that is an aspect of it. There's so much other stuff. Mm -hmm. There's no way I can look at your books and say, these are all just different versions of the same story because they're totally not. There's plenty of other things going on. There's other ideas in there. That's just a recurring theme, not a, oh, this again. Right. Well, and Hopefully. Uh, oh, I, I, I agree. Well, I, and I, I do too. And I think, um, you know, if you look at it on the big scale, 
you know, there are people that say, well, there are only two stories. You know, a guy came to town and somebody somebody died. Or there are nine stories. Or there are yeah. there's th- so yeah. many themes. You know, there's romance that gets written over and over again. I think that the time that we get into problems is when it's small, it's the smaller details. I have the same description. I remember reading T. Corrigus and Boyle. And he always had a description of a guy going into a creek and the... <laughs> I don't even want to, the way the water affected his unmentionables, right? It was the same thing in every book after every book. And, I, and, and, I, it, and it was that kind of a detail that was okay. startling. And, and I think like Howard's jokes, right? Howard could probably, after however many years and however many panels, you look at Calvin and Hobbes as well, right? You've always got dinosaurs and you've got Calvin being the same type of guy. But it's those small details, I think, are the ones that need to be worried about. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that uh, when I notice this as a problem, it's always because it's a small detail rather than an overarching See, story. I, I have it on large things. Um, really? David Eddings is an example. I love David Eddings' books as, as a youth. I would read through the books. Um, the, his first series was fantastic. His second series was even better, except there's a voice in my head saying, this is the same story again. And I said, yeah, but it's really well done. And then I hit the third series, and I'm like, Wow, this really is the same, story, really is the same story. I couldn't read the fourth series. Mm. Um, now, granted, I've already read 20 mm. books by this um, author, and so maybe there's no way that an author can go that many books without you saying that. And he but, sold you 20 books. And he sold he did you 20 okay. books. So it's kind of, yeah. it's hard to, but at the same time, it made me, um, made me say, okay, I'm done. I did the same thing with Clive Cussler on the second or third book. Um, now, well, those are all the same books. They're, they're the, but that gets into reader expectation, which maybe once we come back from the break, we will talk about. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by John Brown's Servant of a Dark God. Available from Tor when? Now? Sometime. October. October. (laughs) Mid-October. Mid-October. October 14th. 
15th. This book has a May, launch no, date, no, but this podcast was not brought 15th. to you by the launch date. It was brought to you by the book. This podcast servant to of a dark by God. John Brown, the Servant of a Dark God. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, reader expectation. You wanted to say something, Howard. I, I was going to say, yeah, uh, reader, reader expectation. If you look at uh, the Clive Cussler nozzle, novels, if you look at romance novels, right. if you look at, uh, at, at things in that genre, people... People want escapist fantasy in which this, this, and this happens. Um, but don't tell me exactly which character is going to do what. You know, make me guess. Okay. <laughs> and and that's okay. Um, in in those genres, in what we're writing, um, I don't think you can get away with it for very long. Well, I, and I think part of this is I, I don't know. I can't speak for the editing thing, but I think part of it has to do with how critical surprise is in the reading experience. If you look at somebody who is reading, well, and it doesn't matter if it's romances or it's epic fantasy or whatever, they're reading the same type of book over and over again. They want, they crave that same experience, but they can't get it unless there is something surprising about what's going on. Okay. And, 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 and so I think maybe there's something, maybe there's I, yeah. something there. I think I, there I is know. something there. It, it comes down to understanding your genre in part, mm -hmm. um, understanding your readers. Um, Oftentimes fiction, I, I've said this before, I think is a balance between the original and the familiar, and that balance is different for every genre. Um, but if we're really looking at saying we want to push ourselves as authors, um, this is important for unpublished authors too, you guys. Um, those out there thinking, oh, this isn't an issue until you have um, you know, 15 books out. I was having this trouble when I was an unpublished author writing, when I sat down to write a new book, um, there are several times where I said, I can't write this book. I but stopped. You were an unpublished author writing yeah. your dozenth book. Well, it, it, it was, uh, but there are people listening who have, yeah. I mean, I started mm -hmm. having this pretty early on where I said, okay. I can't write this book because I've already written this book. Well, and it's ruined the process several books before they get one published. Yeah. And they, yeah, they're going to have to deal with this. Yeah, so how do you deal with that as a writer? Let's, thematically, yeah. I don't have a tool. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of phraseology and punchlines, um, I, I use Google and I search the stuff that's on my website. All of the script files for my comics are in Microsoft Word format in a single folder. Okay. And I can go into that folder and I can do simple word searches. And sometimes it takes three or four minutes to grind through, you know, 3,500 some odd files. But it'll show me where the matches are. And I can use that for other things. So when you said hang a lantern on it, if yeah. I find out I've used a punchline before, you hang a lantern on it. I'll, I'll use it again, only this time I won't use it as the punchline. I will use it as the setup for the real punchline. But I think this can be a, an issue for writers in that it can stop them, stop the creative process. You can freeze yourself, be unable to mm. expand further. If we're, this podcast is themed at people who are aspiring writers, mostly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they are running into this and saying, I just, I'm writing the same book over and over again, how do they stop? How do they break out of it? Well, one thing I'm going to suggest here, and this is kind of what you did when you uh, were talking about the, the God thing, is uh, take it back. You know, when, when you start to realize that all of your books are very similar or everything that you write follows the same lines, take a step back and really analyze it and get down to the very bottom core of what that idea is that you keep okay. repeating. And whether that is, you know, in my case, it's, you know, monsters and the the relationship between monsters and heroes and you know how can a hero become a monster and that's not necessarily an overt theme right but it's in the back of my mind and it's something that interests me and so once you take it back to that very basic point i think at that 
at that stage, you can look at yourself and say, well, wow, I'm really interested in this. There's a lot of different ways. There's hundreds of different ways I could approach this idea without, you know, repeating the exact same story every time. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the old don't think of pink elephants thing, that, that to me is what we're talking about here. When we say don't do this thing, and instead of saying don't do this thing, it's kind of like what Dan said. It's think of, okay, yes, I want to be aware of the problem. And if, if I'm doing this, my alpha reader, please tell me that or I'll notice it. But then the thing is to think forward and say, uh, uh, yes, it's, it's okay to write you know, three seasons of burn notice and have the same type of thing going on because what I'm going to do is there are so many variations or something new, something surprising that I want to do with this. If I look at your books, Brandon, I mean, that's all I'm, that's what I see. I see you taking this idea and, and you do something, you add so many wacky, new, incredible things. And, and so it's fresh, even though we're still talking about gods, even though the first three books, four books was this sooty, you know, yeah. this gray ash city. I didn't care because there were so many other things that you were doing, uh, you know, with it. I've seen with myself what I do, just trying to analyze myself, is I, I react against myself. Um, and I've tried to start using this rather than just letting it happen. I write a book and say, okay, I just finished uh, this Mistborn series. I've done these certain things. How can I write a book? which takes, goes a different direction. And because of that, it actually connects my books in a way that may be good, may be bad, I don't know, but it's how I have to do it because they are stepping upon each other. One is finishing and the other is saying, okay, here's where you left off the conversation. Let's take the branch that you didn't take and approach it that direction. Um, and I found myself doing this in the early years too. Um, and how did I keep it fresh? Um, it was really tough for me um, at certain points. It's something I had to come to grips with and to do it, I would often reach back and um, do what Dan said, dig it down, but then try and throw in something completely unexpected, something mm -hmm. that I'd never intended and forcing it to work. Is that forcing yourself to be creative by putting yeah. disharmonious elements together. We, we've talked a lot about recombination as a source of creativity on this podcast, and that is a great way to do this, is if you say, well, this story that I'm writing now is very similar to the one I just finished, approach it from a different angle. Say, well, I'm going to tell that same story, but I'm going to focus very heavily on character rather than plot. Right. Or I am going and, to... And throw in a few disharmonious yeah. things. Um, this is going to be a wacky metaphor, um, but Dan and I both uh, began role-playing by playing a certain role-playing game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, baby. Um, separately. We both, it's a great game. Anyway, the re one of the things that I think attracted us to this is the random generation of a character at the beginning. You didn't know what you were gonna, you were gonna begin with because the game encouraged you to roll a bunch of dice and come out with a, this wacky thing. Um, this type of animal has this type of past, has this type of skills that you didn't choose it, it all came at you randomly. And that forced you to combine these all and come up with a character. And maybe that's what you need to do, readers, is take a few of these elements that are things you like and then a few things you would never contemplate putting in a book roll the dice, randomly jumble them together, and say, wow, how can I turn this into a book? It's got some of the themes I like. It's got things I have to stretch for. Let's see where it goes. Uh, Tracy Hickman built a tool for that uh, in the XDM book that I illustrated. Ooh. It's called the Story Thing Generator, um, where he said, uh, you know, a blank is trying to blank a blank uh, using a blank. That's foul. And, that well, no, but that was. But you, you pick. You pick several. You pick mm -hmm. several sent. You, you pick among one of these several sentences. Yeah. And then you roll the dice for nouns and adjectives and whatever. It's like Mad Libs. Only when you're done, you realize, oh, a princess is trying to eat a pie. 
uh, and the magic frog doesn't want her to. Uh, and you come up with with story seeds. Well, we from have which a you writing go, prompt. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, All right. Writing prompt: A no, princess no. Yeah, go ahead. is trying to eat a pie, and someone is trying to stop her. And the fate of the world depends on it. Dun, this has been dun, writing dun. excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.